Yeah, I was broke as fuck, down on for my ass, had the lowest luck. Used to ride the bike up to the store, I need a rover truck, a Billy Coop. Yeah, I'm wearing Prada, I like Fendi too. Grandma passed, had a heart attack, only 62. My cousin shot, got me paranoid, who to trust or not? Gave my brother 25 years, that really sucked a lot. Post-traumatic, stress is building up, you niggas so dramatic. Fuck these other niggas, yeah. I'm the illest, I'm uh. the coldest. Niggas back to a much simpler time. Uh-huh. Picture yourself inside a vehicle, a ship in my mind. You'll see well. childhood memories mixed with the cells of a dime. I love playoff baseball. It's the freaking best. So much. It's the freaking best. I love baseball in general, as as you know. And if you listen to this podcast, I think you'll understand how much I love the sport of baseball. Because this is the last word podcast. I'm Steve Artabello. I'm Angela Lippa. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Well, not on iTunes anymore. iTunes is dead. Like some teams' playoff hopes. (laughs) It's done. It's over with. See you later. Someone's a little excited. Yeah, I'm a little fired up. But you can leave a comment, like, subscribe. You know, we might shout you out. It might happen. Five stars. That's also very nice. Mm -hmm. But we'll get right into it. Playoff baseball is the best. I guess we'll start off with the series that didn't take very much time. It was the New York Yankees disposing of the Twins. Yes. The the series I was obviously very nervous for, and I'm, I'm still nervous, but we'll get to that. Very disappointed. Well, that's actually what we're opening up with. Mm-hmm. So, Yankees-Twins. Twins set a major league record, most home runs in baseball. The Yankees actually finished with one less home run than them. Again, the ball is juiced this year. As you can tell, as two teams set the Major League home run record and 14 different teams set franchise records in home runs. And did you see all the random, oh, this is the most rookie home runs by this franchise mm-hmm. ever? Yeah, that stuff happened a lot this year. Like so we thought there was going to be a lot of offense. Like was Pete Alonso really, you think he's ever going to hit 50 home runs again? Like in the juice, but like would he have hit it two, three years ago? how far most of those home runs went? Pretty far. I have a feeling that uh, Pete Alonso has the same impact from the juice ball as one Aaron Judge would have man. from a juice ball when you are that large and hit the ball that hard. Aaron Judge is just a large mammal. Yes. That's the, that's the big. So is Pete Alonso. It's polar bear. Mm, yeah, polar bear. <laughs> Not a judge, though. Not quite a judge yet. <laughs> but it was Yankees twins, and that was a sweep. It was quick. It was very quick. It was um, quick. And it, Luis it, Severino came back here. Actually, this is your team. Tell the people, Ange. Well, you know, game one, it was I, – I watched the Yankees do something they did not do last year at all in the playoffs, in fact. They took pitches. Huh. They drove pitch counts up. And they drove pitch a pitch count up on the best player on the Minnesota Twins in Jose Barrios. They yes. drove his pitch count up. Got to that bullpen that is not very strong that we issued that we we talked about in the preview show yep. of this upcoming playoffs. Said so the Twins bullpen is going to probably be their demise. I was a little nervous, obviously, being you know, because history is on the Yankee side, but history sometimes is meant to be broken. Yes, and trends get bucked, and we saw it in some other series that we'll talk about. And, and when you're running that type of streak, it's got to end sometime. Yeah, and. However, 2019 was not the time. It was not the time, and the Yankees got into that bullpen, and they did damage. You know, Paxton didn't have a an awful game. He more most of the the runs that he gave up, they were all home runs, and they were all solo home runs. So, no men on base, and that's kind of the, in 
at least in the playoffs, that's what you kind of want. And when you have a guy who was hitting 300 this year in Gio Urshala, batting ninth in this lineup with Giancarlo Sten, who's taking pitches. Who looks, body language-wise, look at Giancarlo when he hit 59 home runs. And look at Giancarlo take pitches right now. And it's quiet. It's very quiet. And what I mean by that is he doesn't move much until he decides to explode on a baseball. It's scary. It's very scary. And for the New York Yankees, they took pitches, drove pitch counts up, and they did it with every single pitcher. I believe Jose Barras only got to the fourth inning, and that was it for him. They called it a day. He got, yeah. Now, if I was Rocco Baldelli, I probably would have stuck him in at least one more inning because he knows how bad his bullpen is. He knows what his bullpen is. And they fed meatballs to guys like Aaron Judge and Gleyber Torres and Giancarlo Stanton and Edwin Encarnacion and, and even Didi. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you give guys that type of, of, of well, chance that, that to... That Grand Slam. Oh, buddy. Which, by the way, if it's not Yankee Stadium, it's not a Grand Slam. No, but out. it's Yankee Stadium, and it's a short porch, and hey, we'll take it. We don't care. Doesn't matter, short porch, long porch, medium porch. The Yankees were winning this series at the end of it. When it all came down, the Yankees pitching held up for the most part. You know, Severino had his, you know, there were some scary moments the, through that game the, three. The beginning of it. The very beginning of it where, what did he walk the first two batters? Yeah, I think he did. And it looked, it, it started to look like the well, last time Severino played against the Twins. Bases loaded in the second inning. He got out of that. The third inning, he had two guys on. It was like, it was like, I understand the There's whole a lot thing. of traffic. There's a lot of traffic on the base path. And that's part and parcel to the fact that he hasn't pitched at all this year. He had a little bit uh, at the end of the regular like 27, season. 27, 26 innings, something stupid Maybe. like that. It was very minimal. It's it's the minimum, and he's 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 really the third starter right now just because of that. So for the New York Yankees, that's you know kind of what you you would hope for. You know, like at the end of the day, the Yankees are the few teams remaining in the playoffs that actually has the benefit of having the the bullpen, having the arms to kind of do this, and you know. The Yankees as a whole only threw a total pitches of 483 in three games Damn. between everybody. That's, you know. That's impressive. That's quite impressive. And I would like to see the pitch count of the Minnesota Twins. I don't have it up right now. but I feel it substantially. I feel it substantially more because the Yankees did the one thing that I was hoping they – I was begging for them to do last year was take pitches. Guys, even, even Gary Sanchez is taking pitches. You he know, doesn't have a high walk rate. He hits a lot of dingers, but he does not have a high walk yeah, rate. But he was still trying to take pitches. Approach. And for the New York Yankees, that's what ended up being the X factor was driving pitch counts up, getting to the bullpen, and then the Yankees having the superior bullpen and the better hitting at the end of the day. That's what ended this series, and that's what's put the Yankees back in the ALCS for the first time since two years ago against their current opponent. Who had a bit of a scare in their series with the race? Uh, if you want, we can go right into that now. Let's go right into Let's that. Let's go right into yeah, that. Yeah, we'll go into that. The Houston Astros took down the Tampa Bay Rays in game five. Now, granted, game five wasn't as close as games three and four were. 
where the Rays kind of blew it open and mm-hmm. the Astros started to they started to kind of challenge. I know uh, Game Four was four or Game Three was four one, but it was like it felt so much closer, mm-hmm. especially you know as the Astros start to get two men on, someone comes to the plate, right? Everything started to feel, even though they had gotten off to those nice starts, everything felt compact. And after the Justin Verlander start, and it's like, well, what's going to happen? And Garrett Cole. And Garrett Cole came back out and pitched like Garrett Cole has pitched all season. Yeah. Dominant. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing, though, about that entire series, tying to New- to your New York Yankees, baseball's a strange sport. You play 162, and at the end of 162, you know what the best team is. They have the best record. You played 162 games. You know who has the depth, who was built to win. Yep. And then the playoffs come around. You have this fun little tournament at the end of the season where you play what? Maximum 20 games? If you're lucky. Play like an eighth of the actual season? Yeah. And the game's played in a completely different style. Mm-hmm. You do not see pitchers go deep anymore. No. You see teams with good starting pitchers still use openers to screw with people. Mm-hmm. And then that starting pitcher might only go three or four innings. And then you might just be, let's throw wave after wave of bullpen at someone. Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Rays are built like that anyways. Like they were designed to play like this mm-hmm. against a team that was designed and was the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. That had depth everywhere. And the Rays took them Right to the limit. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is why you go out and you acquire Garrett Cole two years ago, mm-hmm. Justin uh, Garrett Cole three years ago, Justin Verlander two years ago, and Zach Greinke. Well, Garrett Cole wasn't three years ago. He hasn't been around that long. He was in the off season. He was in the off. He season. pitched two full seasons with them, and he was yeah. acquired in like no, that's January. You, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like the I year before. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Verlander was picked up on the way to the World Series, came back for a full year. Yeah. And then this is okay. his third year with the Strohs. The, the thing for the the Astros that's a little bit concerning. Is Zach Granke. Yes. Because he was awful. Mm-hmm. And now you hope that that's because he had 11 days of rest and pitchers are weird, but Zach Granke specifically is yeah. a weird dude and you throw off his routine. Hell, look mm-hmm. what happened to Justin Verlander. Yeah. He was still throwing about 100. I think mm-hmm. it was 97 to 99, the, basically the whole game. Mm-hmm. The secondary stuff wasn't there. It wasn't yeah. as fine. Now he mm-hmm. was pitching on short rest, whereas Granke was pitching on. Yeah extended rest. Well, game four, you know, game four, they, they went to Verlander because they... They, they wanted to end it They right wanted there. to end it, and they didn't end it because, well, the Rays got to him. And the Astros didn't lose on, at home, which kind of... Both teams were basically... They won their home games. They, they didn't serve. And, you know, that's the thing. In, in the playoffs, sometimes it's... You're never in trouble until you lose at home. That's what worried me about the Yankees series and going back to Minnesota. And I'm like, you know, you're in trouble when you lose at home. And the Yankees need to get the get this over with. Don't let it go for it. Don't give them life. And exactly. the Astros got life. They they, they kind of they the, the Rays, Rays got had life. sorry the Rays had life um, breathed back into them because they had still two games to play at home and they won both those games. When they went back to Houston for Game Five, a little bit of a different story. That is a tough ballpark to play in. Oh God, yeah. And we talk about I, I make fun of the short porch in right field with the Yankees. The Crawford box is a pretty short por- porch in left. Yeah, I think it's shorter. And I'd like to point out actually I think it is. I think they yeah. did the measurements that it is. Um I'd also like to point out that that helps right handed hitters. Mm-hmm. 
Have you looked at the Astros lineup recently? With Altuve and Springer and Correa and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I know. Although Michael Brantley's probably going to have a fun little time in Yankee Stadium. (laughs) Hey. Now, I guess you know what? Since these two two teams are playing, we broke it down this way. We'll go into, like, the matchup. The interesting thing about this whole thing, we'll get to the NL Mm -hmm. after. So what I mentioned about the postseason in the MLB being a fun little tournament, it's completely different from regular baseball. You would assume having the extra rest would be beneficial. Because if you're the Houston Astros, your rotation's now all screwed up. You don't get Verlander game one, Cole game two, meaning full rest games six and seven. You don't get that. But... What have we seen plenty of times before in the playoffs, Angelo, especially in baseball? When a team rests, gets all that extra time off, and it should put them up in the perfect situation. They can set their bullpen. They can set their starters. They have it set for them. But usually, now there's the rest versus rust argument in all sports, Mm -hmm. but I think you see it the most in baseball, where when a team gets on a roll and they all of a sudden stop, it can be very detrimental. Yes, it can be. But I don't know how it's going to affect New York because I, I said to you I, I said to you before, you know, that the Yankees in a way are have built have built themselves up this year. They're, they faced adversity basically from the first pitch. First pitch of spring training when when Batantis was hurt and Severino was hurt, and then all the guys started to get hurt, and even guys Judge they would acquire and Stanton and Eddie, Eddie, and everybody, Luke Voigt, like Didi and Glaber, and then losing Andohar, but like the what? entire outfield at one point, yeah, the entire like they were like friggin' Mike Talkman and fucking, you know, Aaron Hicks is is he's back actually he's for back this now, series. and it's like there's so much you know at stake for the Yankees and the Astros too because. These are the two best teams in baseball. Hunter win teams yep. where the Astros are superior in the starting rotation. The Yankees are far superior in the bullpen to the Astros' bullpen. And then the offense is about a toss And then the offense is because they're ridiculous. Buckle up, Buttercup, because it's going to it's, be a, it's a freaking show. Because there's going to be a lot of dingers. There's going to be a lot of dingers, and this is – this they've played. This is the second time they've matched up in three years. This is you know. Well, even before that, the year before the Astros won the World Series when they made yeah. the playoffs and beat the Yankees in that wild no, no, card game. Yeah, that like this is this is now the the third time playing and the some of the names are the same. A lot of the, and with the Yankees, a lot of different names. DJ LeMayu, Giancarlo Stanton. You know, Aaron Judge was around the first time. He was sorry, the second time. He wasn't around the first time they matched up in the wild card game. They weren't facing and Dallas Keuchel's no longer there. Now it's a new breed. It's it's you have sort of the established Astros looking to get back to their World Series after losing to last year's world champion Boston Red Sox. And it's the Yankees trying to get back to the World Series for the first time since two thousand and nine. A long time. It's been a while. It's been a minute for the Yankees. It's been great. And, you know, Joe Girardi's not there anymore for nope. the Yankees. It's now Aaron Boone. You know, Alex Cora is no longer on the bench with the Astros. He's in Boston. A.J. Hinch is still there. There's there's still, like, 
pieces from the other teams, but the core guys are a little different and a little new at the same time. The thing I find most interesting about this matchup, what did I just say about the Rays, the way that they built their team? Throw waves of bullpen at you. And they're built for this funny little tournament we call the MLB postseason. Mm -hmm. Take a look at the New York Yankees roster. Specifically the pitching staff. Do you want the bullpen or do you want the do you want the, the starters? Well, this is where I'm getting at it. The starters, you got a lot of question marks. Kind of like the Rays. The bullpen, though? You thought the Rays bullpen was good? I ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, the Yankees are just as good, if not better. They're definitely higher paid. Yeah. But when you can go Adam Odovino, Zach Britton, and then Araldis Chapman as the closer to finish everything off, that's not a bad 7-8-9. Oh, by the way, they got a bunch of guys that are going to pitch in those middle innings. You still have Chad Green. He's still really good. He had a hell of a bad season. He had a real bad season. But at the end, he started to kind of figure it out. Like, the way that the Yankee, this Yankees team is built is kind of for this. And we talked about it, like, back at the trade deadline. What the hell is Brian Cashman doing not going and getting a starting pitcher? And you wonder if this was done on purpose, if this was built this way because he saw what happens in the postseason and was essentially just trying to be like, I need three innings from a starter, and we'll figure the rest out. Yeah. Like That's what I find really intriguing because the Rays took Houston to the limit, and the Rays' entire lineup didn't make as much as Zach Greinke's getting paid. And the Rays have some interesting, they have some very talented young kids, mm-hmm. But the Astros were supposed to be a juggernaut. That was supposed to be like the Yankees Twin Series. It was, uh, I think, actually, it was supposed to be what the Yankees Twin Series exactly. turned into. And, and the Yankees Twin Series should have gone longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it just—if Tampa could take them the to five games, yeah. Now, granted, Garrett Cole both times stepped on their throat and ended it. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to have the ability. Well, you could. You can pitch them on short rest, but you're not going to be able to set your rotation the way you want it. And that's going to be really interesting for this series. Remember that number I mentioned to you about the Yankees pitches with pitches having having their pitchers only throw four hundred and eighty three. In comparison, Justin Verlander is going to be dead, <laughs> and Garrett Cole. Those two together yeah, probably. The Astros pitching had seven hundred and thirty one pitches thrown in that series. So almost double. Almost double. Now they did play two extra games, but that. But still, that is that is a lot of of miles on the arm after having pitched. And they're and look, they're power pitchers. Garrett Cole and Verlander are power pitchers. There's Zach Greinke's the only one who can who now has evolved past that just because he doesn't have the stuff yeah. anymore. And this is look, the winner of this series is going to win the World Series. They should. I I have a shot. I don't I don't have a shot of it though. Both teams. They're the two best teams remaining. You never know what can happen in seven games and who is still there or I who's know. playing with what by World yeah. Series time. I but know. yeah, by like looking at this, yeah, this, the winning. The this winner is of this. technically this is what I consider. This is your World Series matchup. This is this is going to be it with these two teams, these two powerhouses, and for the Astros and for the Yankees, it's going to come down to pitcher. It's it's like every baseball game, pitching versus batters, but. The Yankees, where they have, like we said, 
it is a toss-up series, this series. You have the starting – I give a check to the starting pitching of the Astros. Far and away superior than the Yankees. I don't even yeah. – I don't even – like, I'm not even going to try close. and, like, bother arguing that. That's an easy one. The bullpen, Yankees, much, much better than the Houston Astros. And the hitting is the big toss-up because both teams can hit the fucking stitches off the ball. What it's going to come down to, okay, mm-hmm. one man on <laughs> each side. Okay. A.J. Hinch and Aaron Boone. Interesting. That's what the match – That's because with these two teams so evenly matched – one taking one from the other where the other gets this, and the hitting be, being so tight as it is with like with the star power and the, the po- just power in general, like, I mean, yep. like muscle. That's what it's going to come down to. It's going to be what Aaron Boone does and how he manages in this spot versus A.J. Hinn, who's been here. This yep. is not his first rodeo. This is his third ALCS in three years. And he's one of the best managers in the I think we can agree that he he consistently makes the right calls. Because managers can't do a ton. No. But you can put your your players in the best su- position to succeed, or mm-hmm. you can put them in positions where they're not going to succeed. Correct. And AJ Hinch puts his guys in a position to succeed at a rate that is it, it, it just feels like he never makes the wrong move. Mm-hmm. He goes to the right pitcher at the right time. He pulls guys at the right time. Mm-hmm. He has the right pinch hitter, the right defensive change. He seems to just do everything you would want from a manager mm-hmm. to set your team up for success. And that's really all you can ask. Yeah. And Aaron Boone is newer, and he's good, but he has made mistakes. Yes. And there's times where you can point to, like, why did you do that? Why did this happen? And now a lot of that is just... It didn't go right. Mm-hmm. He might have put the right guy in the right position, and it just didn't happen to work out for him. But at the same time, the feel is that A.J. Hinch has these things work yeah. out more often than mm-hmm. not. Now, that could just be a recency bias thing because A.J. Hinch actually has a World Series ring. Yeah. But just so you know, all right, before we get to the NL, all right, my guys are fucking savages in the box. <laughs> Been the rallying cry basically from that moment on. So, yeah, I'm ex- honestly, I'm nervous as I'm nervous as hell for this series. All right, <laughs> all right. If it, like I was rooting for Tampa. All right, I wanted Tampa more than I want the Astros for obvious reasons. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> this is going to be a phenomenal series. This is going to be the best series of the playoffs. I hope Barn. it goes seven. I just hope it goes seven. It's so going I to go. I think it's going to go enjoy. seven. I think these teams you know what I mean? are destined for a game seven just with the power and the pitching and the managers. And, oh. It should go seven. If the baseball <laughs> gods love us, it's going seven. You're gonna, Steven's going to walk into me being very angry some mornings and being very happy some mornings. Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens. I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm just going to enjoy it. Yeah, just enjoy the ride, man. Now. Now. Oh, f- Speaking of a manager who doesn't know what he's doing. Well, well, well things looked like what we basically expected was going to happen in the uh, in the NL. I mean, the only difference, or in the AL, the only difference was that the Tampa-Houston series went five. Yeah. That was so about we, right. We saw who, we, these are the teams we figured were going to face each other. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the National League. Let's start off with the Dodgers. We'll get to Mike Fultonevich and the Braves. Don't you worry. This Dodgers team has lost the last two, the previous two World Series. This was another 100-plus win team. You had an MVP candidate. Again. 
Justin Turner, who was banged up going into the postseasons, hitting home runs for you. He's looking great again. But like uh, a Cy Young candidate, you got a Cy Young candidate. You have one of the greatest pitchers in the history of the game. Maybe the greatest left-handed pitcher. It's basically like Clayton Kershaw. At, well, it's what? It's like Sandy Koufax, Clayton Kershaw, Randy Johnson, Walter Johnson. Is like these are the guys that are – these are the four best left-handed pitchers that ever played. To do what Dave Roberts did with his bullpen in extra innings, to say that he felt good about Joe Kelly going a second inning – who was hurt coming into this series? Who survived an inning? And then your response was what? You had your closer ready to go. You had Kenley Jansen. Has he been exactly been locked down this entire season? No. But that's supposed to be your best guy. And you don't go to him so you can get another inning out of Joe Kelly. I know you paid Joe Kelly this offseason, but his salary really shouldn't dictate the leverage situation he's used in. And then for Dave Roberts after that, to say in his press conference that they were saving Kenley Jansen because they didn't have much behind him. Dave, 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 game five. Elimination game. What are you saving him for? Somewhere, and I don't know where, Buck Walters screaming, he's right, I told you, I, this is why you don't use Zach Britton. Because really, what the hell happened there? It was a case of for another year of Dave Roberts over-managing, over-thinking, over, you know, trying to be cute. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw, you know, you, you know, like, in that moment when he brought Clayton Kershaw out in game five, when he sent him out for inning number two, that was the fan in Dave Roberts wanting Clayton Kershaw to rewrite his playoff history. Well, because they had, like, I'm you glad know you didn't? brought that up specifically because Anthony Rendon, I know he doesn't get the pub that he should. This is a dude who's a top 10 player in baseball. And I'm not screwing with you. I mean, he's one of the 10. I don't care, pitcher, batter. Go look at Anthony Rendon's numbers and and try and argue this. The with Nationals me. are in this position they were in. Big reason was because of Anthony Rendon. The season he, he had. The season he had. Okay, that that departure of Bryce Harper. How you like in the playoffs, Bryce? You everybody thought. Look, we talked about it in our preview show. We had him. Th- we moved them down to third. Yep. We didn't think they were a playoff team. We didn't think they would do what they did. But with Rendon and Juan Soto and everyone on that team coming together, look, at the end of the day, where Dave Roberts saved his closer in Kenley Jansen for whatever. We still don't know what he was saving him for. Do you know what Dave Martinez didn't do? He didn't save anybody. He was like, I'm unloading the clip. I'm going this guy, this guy. And when I get to Sean Doolittle, that's it. And then I got Max Scherzer waiting. That that was his plan. He was playing to win. Yeah. If you watch, Max Scherzer's warming up in the bullpen. He's ready in case he has to go okay. in there. Dave Martinez unloaded the clip and got to Sean Doolittle with the lead. Here's the ball. He didn't play it safe. He didn't try to get cute. He did 
everything right in Game 5. The Nationals fought back. They didn't give up. They Look, they've played elimination games. It started when they played the Brewers in the in, and basically been playing elimination games, what, since the beginning of September? Where the Dodgers had, basically since the 4th of July, they had the division locked up. Mm-hmm. Like... It's They've a, been. We've, we've. How long have we been saying Dodgers Astros World Series? How long have I? How long have I been saying that? I said Dodgers Yankees, but no, no. no but seriously, how like, long? Like we thought it was. Like we 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 thought it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah, like, said it all during the season. Said it in our preview of the playoffs. We said there was only one person who could stop. Actually, yes, we there's did. only ever one person that could stop this 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 Los Angeles Dodgers. And team. what happened? And he stopped them. Yep. And they lost at home. Look, Clayton Kershaw giving up the home run to Rendon. All right, that is a good pitch. That was a fantastic pitch. Well, exactly. It's not even in the strike zone. Okay, the other one is a bad pitch. The one to, to Soto. Oh, the one to Soto is he left middle it. in exactly where Juan Soto wants, and he, he tattooed it to the to the street basically, and it was overmanaging by Dave Roberts and Dave Martinez pushing all the right buttons. And not saving a freaking thing. And now, how am I ever gonna how are we ever gonna trust the LA Dodgers now with him as the manager? Because he's coming back. Yeah, he just signed an extension. Like he's you com- won a hundred and something games. Like the look like the guy I feel bad for the, the most oh, man. is Clayton Kershaw because he gets a bad rap for everything. And really he shouldn't. He's not it's not just him that had the uh, had a, a you know that moment that was bad. You know we have the the history of Clayton Kershaw bad playoff performances and everything and nothing ever coming together. It it feels a little Ovi esque, but Ovi at least was performing in the playoffs. Yep. But this that is was the difference. That's you couldn't the big, blame it on Ovi. Yeah, like but the re- like there's guys and early in Clayton's career you couldn't necessarily blame it on him because there's Don Mattingly leaving him out too long. Yeah, but that's not even Don Mattingly doing that because he's a bad manager. It's Don Mattingly being like, "Have you seen my bullpen?" Yeah. I don't care that Clayton Kershaw's thrown 150 pitches and he's exhausted. He's better than yeah. any of those guys. And this team is going to win again. Like it's going to win his division next year. Well, and they still have they still have a pipeline of young kids coming. Yeah. This team is getting better. But <laughs> I'm going to read you some some numbers from the from the NLDS from this series for the LA Dodgers. And you know, some blame Dave Roberts and some blame to Clayton Kershaw but I can't blame him for leaving being out left out there for a second inning. Shouldn't have been. No. Especially when you actually think about what Anthony yeah. Rendon does to lefties and then the success that yeah. Adam Kalerik, who's a lefty-only specialist, has had against Juan Soto. Yeah. A.J. Pollock was 0 for 13 in this series. Big free agent signing. 11 Ks. He had 11 oh strikeouts. God. That's hard to do. Cody Bellinger hit 211, and he only and he had – you know how many RBIs he had? You haven't – How many? Zero. Jesus. I was going to say at least one. Will Smith. Batting average, not even his, not even his weight, zero seven seven. Oh my God! Corey Seager, he hasn't been right since that elbow injury. At one fifty, it was zero for eight with runners in scoring position. Clayton Kershaw, seven point one one ERA. Joe Kelly, the aforementioned Joe Kelly, twenty three point one four ERA. Jesus. Okay. It is a failure by the Dodgers. It's a missed opportunity because now guess who's a year older? Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, you know who else? 
Justin Turner, who's yeah. incredibly important offensively to that team. Like, mismanaged by Dave Roberts. And he's not going to get fired this year, next year because guess what's going to happen? He's going to win 100 games. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be talking again. We'll be back here in a year. Is this the year? Is this the year for the Dodgers? And we'll be disappointed again. Unless Clayton Kershaw becomes the third starter and a guy like Dustin May steps up huge. Because is really Hinjin Ryu going to have this type of season? I've... I he's know a, the Hinju Ryu story. Great pitcher who yeah. usually gets hurt all the time. Exactly. How long was he hurt for? I felt like he was hurt for, for five years. He basically missed three seasons. Yeah. He missed at least two. He basically missed three now that so, I think about it. Because last year he came back, he pitched like 30-something mm-hmm. innings. But he basically missed all of last year, yeah. the year before. Like, yeah, it, it was serious. Look, all credit to the Washington Nationals. All right? This is an amazing story. Oh, your God, superstar, yeah. Your superstar leaves. Not just your superstar. Like, the hype around Bryce Harper. From the time he was 16 years old. You know what I mean? Like, the face of the franchise (laughs) left with no success Mm -hmm. ever. But you still have Anthony Rendon. And now you got Juan Soto. And Victor Robles looks good. And hey, look, Steven Strasburg's healthy? That's interesting. All those that that saved that's that saved year where they didn't leave. <laughs> they, it finally paid off. It's finally paid off because he had a good he, look. He had a good game five. Yeah. Oh, he, he was. Had, you know, he did what he had to do, and you know, this Nationals team. You know what? They're they're, they're fun to watch. Oh god, and it's yeah. and it's amazing. Oh, they're entertaining. And you want to know something? Stick around. Sometimes, hey, you know what? The pain of someone leaving sometimes is worth the end goal, and this is a hell of an end goal for Washington oh, National man. fans. Oh God, to yeah! B- upset the Dodgers like they did. It was it was unbelievable. Now to the other series, the team that I actually thought could could upset the Dodgers, the Atlanta Braves. I don't even know what to say about that Mike Fultonevich bottom of the first in Game Five. In case you didn't see or hear about it, woof. They allowed 10 runs in the bottom, or sorry, the top of the first to start the game. Mike Fultonevich got one out, and it was a sack bunt. The St. Louis Cardinals made their defensive substitutions in the bottom of the first before Jack Flaherty took the mound. He was dominant, by the way, but it didn't matter. I, I can't believe what I saw. I, watching that, like my, I had to pick it up off the floor. You know what the funny part is? Is I actually missed the first inning. <laughs> I, was, I was in the process of getting home, so yep. I, didn't even, I didn't even think. I was, I was listening to music, so I was basically like, kind of like driving through my neighborhood. Yep. And I got in front, I got to my driveway, I shut the car off, I go upstairs, I change, you know, go downstairs, watch the game. I turn the TV on, go to the channel. <laughs> and I thought I was seeing things. I'm like, <laughs> no way. Come on, you're fucking. I go, must be a typo. Go to my phone. I'm like, ooh, it is not a typo. No. I'm like, what the fuck happened? What is going on? And... Yeah, <laughs> I just like it was a great series before this. It was back and forth. You had that walk, that car, the 
Mike Schilt making the mistake, mm-hmm. right? We randomly walk in Brian McCann. Like, this isn't 2012 Brian McCann. Like, no. he's not that Brian guy Mc- anymore. Brian McCann, who just retired, by the way. Yeah, I was, yeah. Which, <laughs> by the way, one of the best catchers I remember seeing. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if he's, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer because catching stats are weird because yeah. the catching position is so offensively stunted mm-hmm. that if I really go and look at it, there's a chance that he might be a Hall of Famer just because of the numbers he put up. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, his first go-around in Atlanta, his defense was... He might not have been able to throw people out very well, but, the, but my God, yeah. in terms of calling a game, keeping the ball no. in front of him, and just running a team, mm-hmm. he's one of the best catchers I remember. No, I, like, I remember when he was a Yankee, and I want to pull up, actually, because uh, C.C. Sabathia, actually, um, another guy who's probably going at the Hall of Fame, um, threw a quote up, and he says... You helped me transition from a thrower to a pitcher. Which we did see at the end of CC's which, career. Which we did see at the end, of, like you said, at CC's career. So, he used to throw 97, 98. Now he's throwing in the low 90s, yeah. and Brian McCann helped him. They, he developed a cutter, and mm-hmm. that's why CC's been good. Yeah. Well, not not good, but actually, yeah, for, for a, a fifth starter, which is basically what the Yankees were yeah. using him as, he was above average. Yeah. And he pitched in, in that two, two postseasons ago. He was the guy they leaned they on in those him. elimination games. They needed him. So, you know, it, because that was of Brian. He had the big, like, the real kind of yeah, rebirth. Yeah. And, you know, Brian McCann, I can't say this much. He's going to make a great manager one day. Oh God! He's going yeah. to make a fantastic. Oh, yeah. He looks oh, like a manager yeah. already. He does. Like let's be honest yes. here. He's got the butt. He's got the. He's got the gut. He's he's got the manager gut already. <laughs> so whatever team is looking for a manager, you would be wise to go and bring him onto your staff. Maybe put him on his bench coach. Get him initiated or whatever. But he's if he yeah. wants that job, yeah, yeah. I'm Not sure. Ex catchers are usually the best at it. They are. It's, they're in control of so much of the game. Like, it's a different thing to be a catcher. You see it differently. Exactly. It's like a goalie, right? In hockey, that, you kind of see yeah. the game differently. Exactly. So. But, yeah. Um, I, I, honestly, like, that series was great, and then that happened. Well, like even, Honestly, like, entertainment-wise, like, it was back and forth. When when Yachty hit it over Freddie Freeman's head, and oh, by, like, man. the slimmest of Freddie Freeman's a big boy. Like, yeah. he's 6'5". Like, he's a big boy. Yeah. To do that... I kind of thought that okay, this is probably the break that the the Cardinals are going to get. The, you see things well, when you're and, watching and not playoffs. Just that though, like, yeah. and of all people, yeah, yeah. the career Cardinal, yeah, one of the greatest defensive catchers in the history of baseball, mm-hmm. who has had some great offensive seasons, by the way. Mm-hmm. But he ties it. And then he walks it off. And have you see, ever seen anyone pimp a walk off sack fly? A walk off sack fly. Better than Yaddy in that situation. Uh, no. The answer is no. Sir. So good. But it was just like for him to do that, like what he means to that team, and then to see the response in the elimination game. And you know what? I do feel terrible for Mike Fultonevich. Yeah. Here's a dude who had a great year last year, a breakout year, dealt with a lot of serious arm injuries this season, and then when he finally got back into the swing of things, was pitching really well. So it sucks to see from a like just from a feel good standpoint. It was nice to see Fultonevich coming back. This is a young guy. He's part of the Astros. He was actually part of the Brian McCann <laughs> trade. That's the funny thing. The original Brian McCann trade. He was the centerpiece of it. It was it was tough to see him get roughed up like that, but yeah, you're right. Like there was something about that Cardinals team, and I think we were talking about it about the preview of the Cardinals too. 
you look around, and there's not a lot of places where the Cardinals are elite, but there's also not a lot of places you can find a weakness. They're deep. Very they do deep. a lot of things well. They've got a good bullpen and a good starting rotation. They don't have a great offense, but they got a deep offense. Their nine-hitter isn't a normal nine-hitter in the national— well, their eight-hitter. It depends how they do it, because sometimes Mike Schilt has the pitcher hit eight, so he can kind of have a double leadoff man thing. But essentially, that eight-nine-hitter is bad in the National League. Typically, yes. Theirs is all right. They, do they have the elite high end? Paul Goldschmidt's not what he used to be because he used to be that guy. Mm-hmm. They also don't have the guy at the bottom of the roster where you close your eyes and pray when he comes to bat or when he throws a pitch. So, and now it comes down to the matchup we all expected. Yeah, I, I had this one of my picks. You didn't, I didn't even get it. Did I tell you, <laughs> Nats cards in the NLCS. Oh my God. Both teams are exhausted. Now, the Nats have had a little extra rest because they played the day before the Cards did. Yes. But both teams exhausted their pitching staffs, their bullpens. Now, the Cardinals had done it before getting to this game. They needed Jack Flaherty to go deep. Yeah. And then they had an 11-run lead, so it did not matter. Well, a 10-run that turned into 11-run, I think it ended up 13-1 to at the end of it. it It just slaughtered them. So they didn't need to burn their high-end relievers. But Jack Flaherty also can't start for you game one now. And if you're the Nats, maybe it's Scherzer because he was used out of the pen a lot. Like, who? Like Strasburg went, or does, does Corbin start the series? Now, if you're the Nats, like, it's pretty great to have those three guys and just pick one of them because it's a little different for the cards. Like, Nicholas was better after a slow start, but he's not Jack Flaherty. And what Jack Flaherty did post-All-Star break was historic. His whip and ERA were both under one. He was untouchable. And you saw it in the playoffs, too. He was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see these two teams match up because the, the Nats have no bullpen but three unreal starters and a great offense also plays really good defense. Mm-hmm. But again, what did I just say about the cards? They do everything well. Maybe not great, but they do everything well, and they don't really have a weakness. You know what the cards are? The cards are built for the playoffs. Yes. They're not like you they're not going to be a 100 win team. Nope. Maybe in an odd year they won 100 games. Yeah. But they're not a 100 win team. They are built to make the playoffs and then go do go do work. Yep. Take your lunchbox to work. And let's go do some. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go hit the ball and let's pitch. That's what. That's what the Cardinals are. This is, a. This is going to be. It's. It doesn't have the. How do I put it? The sizzle. The sizzle. Yeah, there you go. It doesn't have the juice. The sizzle that Yankees Astros have, but it does have intriguing matchups. It oh, has yeah. intriguing play. It has. What a second year manager. In uh, Mike Schilt. In Mike Schilt. You have And the second year Davey Martinez. Like you have <laughs> second year managers taking, you know, taking their role. You have the pitching of the this this uh, Patrick Corbin. Reason why he was went they, they spent the money on Patrick Corbin was for playoff purposes. Yep. So they had another arm outside of Strasburg and Mac and Max Scherzer. Specifically Strasburg, who what hadn't really showed up until yeah. this postseason. And when you I think at the end of the day that the Nats are going to have a bit of a down because of how the cards are built, one, and two, because 
they're riding so high. They they they, they slayed a giant in yep. the Dodgers, and I don't know if they can do they can go and do what they did a second series in a row for a longer period of time because now you got to win four. You don't got to win three. My concern in a seven game series is how bad that bullpen is. Yes, and how and how it's very clear that Davey Martinez doesn't trust them because he was throwing starters out there at the beginning of the series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Max Scherzer's making relief appearances right after he started mm-hmm. because Davey Martinez does not trust anyone except for former Blue Jay Daniel Hudson, mm-hmm. who, by the way, I'd just like to point out, the Angels cut him in training camp, or in, in spring training. Yeah. The Angels. Yeah. Is Mark Melanson. They could have used him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the Angels probably could have used Daniel Hudson. He could use a lot of help. Never mind. Yes. Facts. This but, is, this you know is what an I mean? interesting like, series, this one. It is because I it's just the Nats trying to piece this together for seven games is where it becomes really yeah. interesting for me because you can't keep using your starters as no, relievers. Not not in this series. Not in this series. This is going to be. It's going to be. It's not going to be a heavyweight fight. The heavyweight fight is the the mainstay with the Ashes. It's like a middleweight fight. If two guys who can throw, <laughs> but they can defend, they can do a little bit of everything. It's going to be a hell of a series. Yes, it will be. On to the NFL. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I should have had the, the music it's play. Okay. John Fischetta. <laughs> it's okay. We're talking. Are we going to talk about the autumn leaves fall in Oakland? Yeah. Like autumn, you know what I mean. The Raiders. Ah, oh, so good. The autumn leaves. So good. Jay Gruden. Oh God. He's fired. Five in the morning. It's kind of mean. Make him wake very, up. Come into the office. Very mean. I wouldn't even answer the phone. The funny thing was, he survived the video of him like. Smoking a joint and hitting on very young-looking college, survived potentially. For, he actually survived for a week. Yes, he did. They were going to let him keep going. Yeah. And then he lost again. And then not only did he lose, then like he start, like he there's the talk. Like, they start Colt McCoy. There's Why the talk, are you starting Colt McCoy? There's the talk that Jay Gruden didn't want Dwayne Haskins to begin with. Yeah, that whole thing happens. And he gone. Skins go 0-5, and, and they fire Jay Gruden into the sun. No, they didn't fire him into the sun. They relieved him of his duties, and that's a blessing in disguise for him. Can I well, tell yeah, you? Yeah, now he's just going to go back to that college campus, smoke a couple more yeah. doobies, and pick up a couple more. Yeah, whatever. It's <laughs> fine. Whatever. It's cool. <laughs> Who's Washington going to hire? Who's going to take that job? Seriously. He wears sunglasses. He currently is an NFL coach. Currently. And, and he's won a Super Bowl. He's also lost in a Super Bowl. But he's also won a Super Bowl. Who? Michael Tomlin. Oh, you think he's going to get traded? Or fired and then hired? Uh, I think he's going to get traded. Ooh. That would be interesting. Look. It's not that like there are a lot of people that that d- at this point that are Steeler fans that hate Mike Tomlin. Oh, I know that. Hate him. Yes. Hate him. Hate him. Hate him. Hate him. And look, I get it. There are numerous times we can point to Mike Tomlin having his team not ready to play and playing right down to the competition. Yeah, it's it's basically the things you can point to specifically that a coach can impact. You can po- point a lot of times to Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Not being that good. Yeah. There are other times where they beat these big monster teams and then they look like world beaters and then they go and lose to like the Buffalo Bills before they were anything. Yes. 
I was going to say the Browns, but they never lose to the Browns. Like when they lost to the Miami Dolphins. Yes. They needed a win, and they lost to the Miami Dolphins for whatever reason. I don't understand it. But it's not that he – I don't think he's a bad coach. He's not, you know, not the worst coach. There are worse coaches in this league. Oh, they're definitely worse coaches. He's not the best coach in his division. No. That That division is bad. That division is bad. You have Freddie Kitchens, Zach Brown, and – then you have John Zach Brown. His name is Zach Brown. Zach, whatever the the things. Isn't that country singer? I have no. The guy idea. who used to be the quality control coach for Sean McVay. Yes, the guy who had like the most ridiculous title ever. And then the Bengals are just like, you, Sean McVay looked at you once. You're hired. Am I right? Zach Taylor. Sorry, oh, not okay. Zach Brown. Zach Taylor. Okay, who's not also having a very good time. Ooh. But you know, like it's not that. He's, you know, the Steelers never fire coaches, ever. You like Chuck Knoll allowed to retire, Bill Cower allowed to retire. Mike Tomlin, I don't think he's going to get that opportunity. I think the message has sort of passed its expiration date. The milk is stale, the cheese is rotten, <laughs> and for the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> the dawning of a new era is beginning. With one Kevin Colbert's on his last legs, Ben Actually, Ben Roth yeah, in true. terms of being a GM, he's done what he can. No, no, it's just in in this situation yeah. too, right? Ben Roethlisberger, he's going to come back next year. Should he though? Should he? Who knows? He probably will because Ben Roethlisberger is a gunslinger and he's a warrior, and that's what he's done his yeah, entire he career. Tries to do those things. But they've transitioned the team to younger and you know trying to be with the new NFL, the defense. Since the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, they've been much better. Now they need a new defensive coordinator because he's got still no clue what he's really? doing. Like, but they keep trying out Mark Barron out there when you have when Vince Williams like, when Vince Williams is a better Why? linebacker and Devin Bush is far superior than that. Like it's it's the stupidest thing. I I'm, I I'm trying it. to rack my brain around it still, Stephen. It's stupid. But this, it kind of just it kind of works. He can play. He'll pay Mike Tomlin whatever he wants, and that's what Dan Snyder's done his entire career. Yeah, that yeah, and like that really is there the is there an offensive coordinator, defense coordinator that's really going to want to go to to Washington Redskins? I don't think so. Okay, so unless, unless you unless there's someone that really believes in Dwayne Haskins, like an offensive minded coach that thinks he's got his quarterback. That's the only way I see it being possible. Like, or what are they going to go pluck from the Patriots? Like, uh, like, you can't pluck out of the Patriots tree because Josh McDaniels is not leaving. No, no, no. It would have to be someone. Yeah, it'd have to be someone around the league. Like, a, I guess an offensive coordinator or a, a quarterbacks coach, kind of like you know what they're going to get. I who? figured it out because they're going to try and tank for Trevor Lawrence anyway. Because why the hell not? Tabo Sweetie. Nope. 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 Sir, they're going to go get Hugh Jackson. Dan Snyder will be sold the magic beans, thinking I got my guy. Oh god! And here we go. Or he's gonna go get Todd Bowles, and because because he's a great defensive coordinator. Yeah. But we saw what happened when he was head coach. Like the the list of coaches now, like you've had North Turner, who's an offensive coordinator. An offensive coordinator. You had him for a while, actually, six years, last six yeah. years. Give him that. But then you know Terry Robestill. Who? Exactly. Marty Schottenheimer for a year. <laughs> Who went eight and eight? By the way, miraculously, he's actually the only coach on this. Of uh, he's also a Hall of Famer. Yeah, since '94, they've had a bunch of coaches, but only one of them is 500 and above, and it's Marty Schottenheimer, eight and eight. He didn't get to come back for year two. Jesus, Steve Spurrier. Oh, that that 
blew up in their face. That was bad. Uh, they the old they, ball they, coach. They, they they take poor Joe Gibbs out of retirement. Oh yeah, I remember that. Okay, actually. he didn't go. Th- he didn't even that get the five hundred. He at least won thirty games. I'll give him that. Uh, you remember Jim Zorn? Oh my God! Right? Yes, I do. All right, Jim Zorn. He won twelve games. Ugh. He was fired. Was bad. Mike Shanahan. Yep. Well respected coach. I remember that? Two Super Bowls. Yep. Yep. He was gone. He lasted quite a while. And Jay Gruden has lasted the longest, actually, since North Turner. Yeah. Offensive wizard, blah, blah, blah. That's he's not saying he's I'm, done a lot of good things with not a lot of good yeah. stuff that he's been given. He was below 500. At least he won 35 games. But he yeah, was he below, below 500 because that team wasn't good. And now it's Bill Callahan, which is basically just the interim head coach, so they can try and figure out who they're Oh, gonna... Bill Callahan was the, the Raiders coach. Oh, yeah. He hasn't had a head coaching job since he didn't change yeah. the. The play calls and John Gruden won a Super Bowl. Pretty much. Yeah. Good to know. So um I feel bad for Washington. like we're Washington national where Washington sports fans get the Nationals and they got the, the Capitals. You have the Redskins. The once respected Washington Redskins. Yeah, the the only team that did win championships before. Yeah. Like the team in DC. They were the team to be. Yep. They were must watch football. Now the stadium's empty. Who's yeah. going to games? You they like it was a it was a de facto Patriots game yep. on Sunday. It's embarrassing. Look, I get it. Like certain teams travel very, very well in the NFL. Steelers. Steelers, Cowboys. That's I don't know if they travel well, or there's just Cowboys fans everywhere. I think it's kind of like Steelers fans. I think it's like Leafs fans. They're just sort I, I, I of they're like everywhere. Fans, they're they're populated everywhere. everywhere within the thing. Patriots fans are kind of everywhere because the bandwagon was jumped on in two thousand and one. Oh, sorry. And it's the, large. And it's large right now. It'll eventually. It accommodates blow, a lot of people. It'll eventually blow now. a tire. Everything blows a tire, Stephen. Oh, eventually. eventually. But I can't fucking wait. This organization is in trouble. I feel bad for certain members of that team. These are good team. They're good players on this team. Left for dead. Yep. No one's gonna come in and save this franchise. They can't draft. Nope. They can't figure out how to win games. Nope. They can't develop players. Nope. It's not a good combination. It's not a good combination, and you have an idiot owner. And the one thing that you had going for you is the fact that Jay Gruden, despite all of this, was actually able to like give you a good offense. Yeah. Usually with a not very good quarterback and no real weapons. Yeah. And now you fire Jay Gruden. Like, I'd take Jay Gruden in Pittsburgh versus the guy they currently have, who decides he wants to run a wildcat and let the running back throw the ball instead of your quarterback, who was throwing the ball pretty well. Oh, yeah, that was... Uh, stupid. Yeah. So... This team is in shambles. <laughs> this organization is in shambles. Dan Schneider should maybe take advice from another owner in his division. He does not do that. Who literally handed it to his son, who was kind of figured out, no, we're not going to draft, draft Johnny Manziel. No, no, no. We're going to draft this guy because we need offensive line help. Yes. The Cowboys are now where they are because it was passed on. Still, Jerry Jones is still the face, blah, blah, blah. Which the fran- is probably why that team's not winning a championship. Okay. But at least Stephen Jones has it together a little bit. Has it together a little bit and understands, hey, we need offense. We drafted Zach Martin because we got a chance to draft him. Travis Frederick. Travis Frederick. Tyron Smith. Yeah. We're going to bring they in. They put that line together. They, and they put the line together for Zeke to run with. And then they went and drafted Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Genius. Yep. Genius. Now, one thing before we get to our picks against the spread. Mason Rudolph. Uh, in a very scary scene, was knocked out of the game. 
Apparently, he's already practicing and might even get cleared from concussion protocol. Yeah. If you saw that game, you'll understand why I'm that talking was, about it like this. I don't think I've ever had that kind of like... Put like, it this way. Anytime you see a football player in a helmet without a cage, something bad happened. Yeah. You like Anytime you see that, something bad happened. Yeah. And to watch him basically carried off the field, not looking like he knew what universe he was in, no. was scary. Yeah. And... You brought this up. This is the second time in two weeks that a quarterback has essentially had their head taken off. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen had this happen to him. He played. Don't know if that was a great idea. Bills managed to win. I don't know how much of that was the Bills, though, and Cairo Santos not knowing how to kick field goals. But two weeks in a row, two quarterbacks get headshotted, and the NFL doesn't do anything. And it was said that both both hits are legal, both hits are by the book. And I've seen both hits and they're not. No. I'm not look, I, I said it. I go, I know Earl Thomas had no intention of actually yeah. doing what he did. Yeah. And I don't know, I I forget the Patriots D Jonathan jo- Jonathan Joseph? Jonathan Jones. Jones. Jonathan, Jonathan Joseph is a different guy that I'm thinking yeah. of. But it was Jonathan Jones. Okay. I know that their intention was not to Injure a quarterback. No, and then that's the thing. I'm not saying that they were trying to do this. But by I I'm led to believe by NFL rules that if you lead with your helmet and you make helmet to helmet contact, that that's a penalty. Well that's that the is thing. fifteen yards. There was no flag on either play. Exactly. And and the argument that Josh Allen was a runner shouldn't negate him from being protected from the head to head. No. Because we hits watched, that you were trying to get out of the game. Because we watched Antonio Brown be a defense. Because there's a point where you become defenseless. Well, they said they said with the quarterback, with especially with Josh Allen, that he wasn't a defenseless receiver. Mm-hmm. He was a runner. Therefore, it was okay yeah. for the Patriots DB to lead with his helmet yeah. and hit him in the head. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're still leading with the helmet, regardless of if, if exactly it's, if it's if he's a runner or thing. Because. What it's caused now is two injuries, two concussions. Mason Rudolph was not like not just he was knocked out. out. He was out. Okay, Josh I, Allen was conscious and moving around, but you yeah. knew he was like he, it wasn't he, great. Yeah. Mason Rudolph, I thought, died at one point. Well, like it was well, scary. That, like Juju. Like when you saw the Steelers yeah. players, when you saw them running to his lifeless body yeah. and guys tripping on themselves to get there and shaking him and yeah. it, like it was a scary scene. Because usually, like when the Ryan Shazier injury happened, he at least like he rolled over. He rolled over and you and you could see him like with his hands and he knew something was wrong. Yeah, Mason Rudolph wasn't moving. And yeah, man. When he wasn't moving, I'm like, holy crap! I'm like, I'm watching this game. I'm like, what just? I'm like, what the hell? Because you don't see it initially because. He throws the ball. He makes the completion. And the camera goes with the ball, so you don't realize what had happened. Mm-hmm. And then when it pans back to him, and I see, I like, like, is he lying on the ground because he's just, he got hurt? Like, what happened? And or he, is it that moment of guys get hit and they kind of lay there for a minute? Yeah. They're fine. They're just like, they just lay there for a couple of minutes, they collect mm-hmm. themselves, and then they jump back up and yeah. they're good to go. No, he was out. And when you watch the replay and you see that the second he gets hit, he's out before he hits the ground, like, that's even scarier. Yeah. If the NFL is trying to be is trying to be a safer league, these two incidences aren't making it a safer league. No. Look, 
both guys I know 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 they well, know. That's the thing. Like neither of us are, are out here saying like Earl Thomas does not have a history as a dirty player. No, Jonathan Jones hasn't been in the league long enough to no. have a history. You know what I mean? Like we're not we're not trying to attack these guys and say these guys are bad human beings for the way that they tackled. What we're saying is the NFL should step in here yeah. and basically be like, you can't do that. No, you need to be because they have said that you can't do that. They just need to, you know. I watched Bud Dupree get this uh, get get a penalty for a guy running out of the pocket when he leveled Matt Moore. Yep. He got a 15 yarder for that, and he got fined. And he got fined. There is no fines. That's, that's it's the same play, both out of the pocket, both running to throw, both running to throw. So I'm like, are you guys like? I'd also like to point out that if uh, the situation was reversed in the Bills game, and that if that was a let's say that's Tre'Davious White. And he drops his head and levels Tom Brady. I don't think the NFL would be playing games this Sunday. And Tredavious White might be in jail. Probably. Okay? Probably, sir. Now, cap off this episode. We're going to get to our picks against the spread. And would you like to let the people know uh, how we sit and how we did last week? No. As he angrily moves his notebook back to what happened. No. <laughs> L.A. Chargers. Last week, Stephen um, got 12 correct. Mm-hmm. I got nine. So that brings Stephen's grand total to 35 and my grand total to 38. Feels good to be back on top of this pile. For now, Stephen. <laughs> Anyways. We'll kick it off with... Uh, an NFC North battle. Because Sorry. because we're recording on a Friday. We it, missed the Thursday game. We missed the Thursday game because we were waiting for the results of all the playoff games. Uh, I, I, playoff think, baseball I, games. I think it's safe to say. I'm pretty sure both of us would have gone with the Patriots no matter what the spread was anyways. Pretty much. Because if it's not just Patriots-Giants. It's Patriots-Giants with Daniel Jones and... Are we going to... Essentially we, me and Ange. Basically, can we stop with this Danny Dimes bullshit, by the way? This how this revolutionary quarterback. But I know that the, I know that because it's it's New York and they're going to make excuses. He beat excuses. a bad team in his first game ever yeah. Yeah. and then beat the, a worse team in a game where he threw as many interceptions as touchdowns, if I remember correctly. Remember, he's thrown uh, six picks in five halves since the Bucks game. He also has a tendency to uh, let go of the football when he gets hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're not saying Let's, he's terrible. We're just saying, you know, pump the brakes on all the people that are like, oh, my God, everyone was wrong. He's the Messiah. Because it's, it's New York. You know how it is. Yeah, well, that's exactly. You know how that's how is. he got the nickname Danny Dimes. Yeah, it doesn't throw dimes. Well, he does throw dimes. He throws dimes to other teams. <laughs> Anyways. We'll start off with a battle of the NFC South. Ooh. The Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay. On, at home? I guess they're in London. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the, the 9.30 a.m. game. Yeah. Yep. Um, the de facto home team, anyways. Uh, they take on the Carolina Panthers. The Ooh. Carolina Panthers are two-and-a-half-point underdogs, good sir. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, Tampa's been so damn hot. And it's only two points. Two-and-a-half. Ah, two-and-a-half, so it means they got to win by a field goal. And to be honest, I think they can. Cam Newton's probably still not playing in this game. And Jared Allen's been he's he's been awesome. Or Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. He's been great. Do you know who's given the ball to? The other team a lot. Yeah. That's the problem. Because Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. 
and he's got some fun pieces in Tampa. And they might not be an excellent defense, but they are going to be good enough to get pressure on the quarterback. And as we've seen, Kyle Allen, hey, for a guy that no one knew who the hell he was other than that commercial, <laughs> he's done well. But I don't think he's going to cover the spread. I'm going to go Tampa. Well, Steven, we begin Angelo's rise to f- tying you again. You hope. I'm going to take uh, Kyle Allen, Have Christian fun. McCaffrey, mm. and this Carolina team. The last time these two teams played, it was a close game. It came down to a broken Cam Newton, who, by the way, should stay on the sidelines for the rest of the season. Oh, God, that Because he bad. needs to get healthy for this team. That team. game was ugly. It was ugly. Um, but I think that the Carolina Panthers will do enough to win this game. Kyle Allen played a better defense, kind of better defense last week when he take, he took on uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not to say that Tampa Bay's defense is bad, just I think that Jacksonville's a little bit better. And with it being in London, I think that'll benefit maybe Carolina a little more. Even who, knows? Though, who knows anymore? It's London. Who the fuck knows anymore? So these these games are basically like Thursday yeah, night. Unless you're the Jags who play there every year. Yeah, like this is just it's kind of like the Thursday night games for us. Exactly. You don't really know. It's kind of a crapshoot. So I'm gonna take the Panthers. And it's two teams that suck. Exactly. Like the Thursday night game. Yeah. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are at home, eleven and a half point favorites, taking on the winless Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, yeah, that's not going to go well for the Bengals. I don't know how much time I need to spend on saying this. Even with that, and even as bad as Lamar Jackson has looked in the last couple of weeks, you know what the Bengals cannot do? Stop the run. You know what the Bengals do a lot, or what the Ravens do a lot of? Run. Uh, yeah, I'll take, I'll take the, I'm taking Baltimore to win to cover all of it. Yeah, give me Baltimore win cover. The the, the Bengals are in tank mode anyway. Yeah. They stink, so it doesn't matter. Give me the bank. Give me the Ravens. Even if this was usually division division matchups like this, this big of a spread kind of scares me off. But Lamar Jackson is not going to have to throw. He's not going to have to throw. In fact, run. he's going to be his running self like he's been for the last how many couple weeks? Because last week when he started playing real teams, yeah, when he started playing defenses, last week we saw what happens when he has to throw the ball too much. Mm-hmm. He only threw to he only threw really to one. He only completed one pass for wide receiver. He throws his ends. Yeah. It's pretty predictable. But here's the problem. The Cincinnati Bengals suck. And the Ravens are a better team than them. Yes. And they have a better head coach. Yes. And a better quarterback, I think. Better yeah, running right. quarterback. <laughs> Andy Dalton, poor Andy Dalton sucks. But he's better than Lamar Jackson. But he's got a bad old line. I'm so confused with what you're trying to get I don't at know. I'm just, just flip-flopping I'm just basically, forth. I hate the Ravens and I hate I the Bengals. So both teams suck, but the Ravens <laughs> are going to win and cover this spread. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are at home. Taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh. Seattle Seahawks are one and a half point favorites. Ooh. This is a pick 'em. And I mean, Baker should be motivated to play really well. But we've we've seen Baker this season. It's not been great. That offensive line is not very good. If you're gonna win, you're gonna need to rely on Nick Chubb. And I just trust Russell Wilson more. So, you know, I got to take Seattle to win. I hate to do it. Oh, I hate to do it. I hate to do this. Okay. I'm going to take the Browns. All right. Just trying to catch up. Not that I'm just trying to catch up because then I would just go basically opposite pick of everything you do. <laughs> but every time the Browns look like they're dead in the water, 
They seem to float back up. True. For whatever reason. Someone throws them a life preserver. And we saw this team handled handling Lamar Jackson in terms of running. Their defense is good. The defense oh, is Oh yeah, no, they're definitely good. This is a home game. Seattle's traveling across the country. And Seattle, they don't win games by a lot of points anyway. No. Okay. So the little hook of the half is what's getting yeah, me. <laughs> I think that the Browns are actually gonna win this game. Because hey, usually when you have a terrible game, you follow it up with a good game. You would hope. If you follow it up with a bad game, there are red flags in Cleveland going on. There's already. There's already a red flag being. You know slow. I've been on the, the Browns bandwagon. You know that I was there last year with Baker. I need to tell you this now. They're slowly starting to raise the red flag. They don't want to do it just yet. Because they don't want to panic. Because they're they had all this this bravado and swagger. <laughs> and the whole thing of Richard Sherman not shaking uh, Baker Mayfield's hand, even though he did. There's video and yeah, and whatever. Richard Sherman, I, uh, yeah, it was so stupid. What are you doing? I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, okay, it's not, it sounds. It kind of sounded like something Baker would do. Yeah, no, no. That, well, that was the thing. It's it, everyone was just like, oh, this must have happened. Yeah, and then someone found the tape. Pat McAfee. And then God the best, bless Pat McAfee. I love Pat McAfee it's fucking, so much. And then no, but the best part about that too is he he first tried to double down on it and be like, well. Maybe he shook my hand, but it was a weak bitch ass handshake. Blah, blah, blah. It was just like you shook your hand. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, just just shut up. You won. Shut up. You know, like you have a Super Bowl now. You are yeah. not like the be, underdog anymore. You don't have to be angry. You're not a fifth round pick. Like you were a fifth round pick, but you know you're like walking into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, calm down. Calm, calm your Make ass a relax. Okay, make a relax. Uh, give me the Browns, even though it pains me. <laughs> The must-see matchup of, of, of the 1 o'clock games, of the 4 o'clock games, of the 8 o'clock games, even of the Monday night. The Kansas City Chiefs are at home. Four-and-a-half-point favorites. Take it on. The Houston Texans. Oh. We get the Sean versus Mahomes. Yeah, I think you're going to see a bit of a letdown after what they did. Now, it's not because Kansas City's defense is any good. I just don't know that you're going to see Deshaun Watson throw for almost 500 yards and five touchdowns again. I also am pretty, pretty safe to bet on the fact that Will Fuller's probably not going to have 217 yards and three touchdowns, 14 fucking catches. Pretty sure that's not going to happen again. Also, to be fully honest, there's just something about Patrick Mahomes, and I know he's thrown one touchdown in the last two weeks, and people are like, oh, what's going on with Pat Mahomes? Is something wrong? Yeah, I don't think anything's wrong. I don't think this Houston defense is all that good. Yeah, they got J.J. Watt, but I don't think they're great. And I think Pat Mahomes is about to ball out this week and pretty much reestablish himself as why we think he's the greatest thing we've ever seen. So give me KC to win and cover. I'm going to go opposite again of you, Stephen. Ooh. Not because I think, I don't think, I actually think this is going to be like a 40 to 40 game. It'd be fun to watch. I think, I think both, both defenses suck. This is they going do, to be, actually, this facts. is going to be a shootout. And you know what it's going to come down to? Bless you. A kicker. Thank you. It's going to be a tie game heading into the two-minute warning, and either Patrick Mahomes or Sean Watson will have the ball. They will have to drive down the field for a field goal win. Who that is, no idea, but give me Houston to cover this spread. I don't know who the hell's going to win. It's basically like I'm just taking the points. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars are at home. One-and-a-half-point favorites taking on the New Orleans Saints. Whoa. That's weird. It's very weird. New Orleans has been good. 
with Teddy Two Gloves. And Jacksonville's defense has been bad. Gardner Minshew's been fun. Well, DJ Chark's been phenomenal. Yeah. But New Orleans might be the best defense that Gardner's played. I'm going to take New Orleans, even though it pains me. I'm going to take New Orleans. Look, um, you've heard me wax poetic about how great this defense has played for New Orleans and how they've held it together, and they've mm-hmm. done exactly what they kind of need to do until Drew Brees can return. Exactly. And I think they're going to do very similar to what they're gonna, they've are going to. they done the last few weeks. They're going to win this game, and they're going to cover this one-and-a-half spread. I do hope Minshew Mania continues. Cause it's oh, no, Minshew Mania is going to continue. This is going to be a fun game. But, um, I am, yeah, it's kind of a weird one. Makes no sense. Anyways. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings at home, three and a half point favorites. Take it on, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh. Game still at one o'clock. Yes. The problem is, is like Philly's actually good. Because <laughs> Minnesota at home, Kirk Cousins is at home at one o'clock. We've had this conversation. <laughs> now the real interesting thing, though, is. Um, the Eagles can't cover anyone, but they have a great run defense. Now, what do the Vikings do really well? Run the football. What have they not been great at? Throwing it. The forward, the forward pass, if you would. What were they a lot better at last week? Especially throwing it to Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. This is tough. And as much as I want to take... Philadelphia, who's still banged up, I I feel dirty. I don't like it. Feel dirty. I ain't take the Vikings. I don't like it at all. But I'm gonna do it. I just don't see like the if Kirk Cousins can't throw against Philly, I I I don't know what Kirk Cousins can do. I really don't. Not much. Give me Philadelphia. To cover this spread, I think it's a little too three and a half is a little too much for me. Too much of a hook, <laughs> and it's, it's hard. Too much. It's it's too much. I can't give Kirk Cousins four. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't trust him to win a game by four. If this game was at four, I definitely would tell you Philadelphia is winning. Can't Philly win this game? Oh yeah, Carson Wentz is is starting to get his get his mojo back, get his swagger back after the first couple of weeks of slow starts, and I know it's going to end up happening. Philly's going to be down. They're going to throw the ball a lot. Probably come back and maybe win this game. The Washington Redskins on the road. Mm. Three and a half point favorites, sir. What the hell? Taking on the winless, hapless, god-awful Miami Dolphins. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is going to be the Skids' first win of the season, isn't it? I don't want... They're going to (laughs) tie. That's just, I'm going to pick one of these teams and it's going to be a push. (laughs) Because both of them are so bad. No, see, it won't be a push. They're so bad. The only reason I'm going to do this is because sometimes teams get a boost when they fire their head coach. And like... I don't know. At least the skins aren't out here trading their best players away. (laughs) This is the best I got for you. 
I guess I'm going to take a dart and I'm going to throw it at the skins board. I don't know. Watch it. You sure? Sure. Sure. Remember when I took Miami a few weeks ago? Yeah. I said, fool me once. Shame on you. Yeah. I couldn't pick him last week. So fool me twice. Shame oh on God. me. Give me the Dolphins to win. Yeah. We're Never mind s- cover. We're, win. We're going to be sitting here and be, fool me three times. Fool me three times. Yeah, no, no, no. Because if they don't win this week, I'm not, I'm not picking them. This is the winless bowl. This is the winless bowl. This is All bad. Right? This is the close. This the, might be the only win for one of these. This like, is the close. The only reason Miami's close to the Super Bowl is because it's hosted in Miami this year. <laughs> this is the closest the Skins will get to the Super Bowl until maybe someone else hosts that they're playing, probably Dallas. Give me Miami to cover and win this game. God damn, Jesus! Trying to be the, bold. The LA Rams, three and a half point favorites at home, taking on the undefeated San Francisco. 49ers. Say three and a half points. Three and a half points, sir. Uh, you know what uh, the Rams can't seem to do? They can do a lot of things well, but they cannot stop the run. You know what's funny? Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G, and the talk about Kyle Shanahan's offense and Matt Ryan won that MVP. You know what San Fran's done incredibly well with Matt Breda, a quarter and a game and a quarter of Tevin Coleman. Raheem Mostert. I think it's Daryl Evans or Daryl. The guy that was running in the touchdowns for them. That was really the only thing he did. They run the ball very well. Very well. The fact that it's a division game is the only thing that pains me here. That makes me want to take the points. But I'm going to take San Fran. And I think at the end of this, there's going to be a nice little shakeup in the NFC West, I believe. It is. I think San Fran's going to be at the top of that pile. I think so, too. I think that the, the, the 49ers are going to win this game. Especially if Todd Gurley doesn't play. Yeah. Then they're the, fucked. The Rams, have, the Rams have lost a little bit of the mojo from last year. You know, Jared got people are starting to figure Jared Goff's game out. A little bit more, and Sean McVay isn't this wizard that everyone kind of thought he was. Because if you blitz Jared Goff on every play at some point, he's going to do something bad. Yeah, and this defense, it's not what it was. Now, no. granted, the corners are still there. They're still stopping big pass plays, mm-hmm. except for against Tampa. Yeah, and um, last time I checked, um, 49ers still have um, Greg Kittle, right? He still exists. And he's going to go for 150 for 2K, two TDs. Ooh, he's going to break out. He ain't done much this mm-hmm. year. There's his breakout game. The Arizona Cardinals. Oh, I already know what this game is. At home. Be. Taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Who's favored? The Atlanta Falcons are two and a half point favorites. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like pain, Steven? I was praying that Arizona was going to be favored in this. There was a small part of Steven that hoped. Against the Cardinals. And they're bad. Like I said this. I don't know if I said this on air. But we talked about this after. This defense is bad. They can't stop the run. They can't pressure the quarterback. They got one guy that can cover. Desmond Trufant. Bless his heart. He basically kept DeAndre Hopkins. who's one of the three best receivers in football. In check. But no one could cover Will Fuller. 
And now I'm going to look at this team, and it's going to be like, oh, great, you saw what Deshaun Watson did, right? And now I'm going to watch Deshaun Watson light. Steven needs a hug. Steven's having a rough go. I wanted them to fire everyone after that game. And Arthur Blank said, no, they're experienced. We're going to bring them back and hope that they start winning. And you know what? They're probably going to win this game, and it's going to extend the tenure of a bunch of people I want fired. <sighs> Give me Atlanta because it's just it's they're going to win, but it's going to cause me more pain in the long run. Steven, you know what? We're going to throw you a life preserver here, okay? Because we're going to do you a favor this week, all right? The Arizona Cardinals are going to win this game and cover this spread. And Dan Quinn will be fired on Monday. The key, his card key, will be deactivated. I hope so. I knew Mitrov with him, too, the GM. Everybody's going. Everybody. Everybody is going. You fire almost everyone into a sun except for Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Deion Jones, and Desmond Trufant. Maybe Grady Jarrett. I like him. He can stay. <laughs> he can stay. You can stay. Uh, yeah, everyone else, though. The Cardinals are going to win this game, and uh, we'll sign the pink slip for one Dan Quinn. I actually kind of hope that that happens. That's why I'm doing it for you, Stephen. Someone's <sighs> got to do it. The New York Jets are at home. Taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, seven and a half point favorites. Who's sure. making his return in this game? Mono. Samuel. What do you call him? Richard? Richard? His actual little middle okay. name is Richard. Samuel. Richard Darnold. He's back, baby. A nice first game. And I had Mono. I look at the Cowboys, and they look really good. And Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Embarrass them. The Jets aren't great. And the problem with Mono, he might be able to play. I don't know if he's 100% over it. It lasts like a month, two months. Like it's, this is a long-term thing. Yeah, it's football. He's going to grit it out and he's going to play through it. Do I think he's going to be at 100%? You know what, Dallas's defense is pretty good. And they're, you know, they can get after the quarterback, Demarcus Lawrence and Leighton Vander Esch. And the seven and a half is what makes me want to take the points. But considering how bad the Jets have been and the fact that Darnold's coming back from mono and the Cowboys got embarrassed last week, yeah, give me give me the Cowboys. Uh to win and cover. I'm going to follow suit because here's my question to you. Are the New York Jets a real team? I actually have no idea. They're not. I haven't seen I've and seen the Dallas, play one game. That's and the, the, and, you know the, and I mean? the Dallas Cowboys aren't are only beat teams that are they 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 dominate teams they beat that imposters. Are, they beat imposters. The New York Jets, imposters. Much like their counterparts in New York, the Giant the Giants. Yeah. All right. They're going to win this game because they got embarrassed last week by Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers because they played a real defense and a real team. Yeah. So they're going to beat this team because they have no defense and they really aren't a real team. Facts. Facts. Yeah. Give me the Cowboys. Yeah. Cover. Win. Yep. Dominate. Probably. And everyone will talk about how they're a Super Bowl contender again. Yeah. And then they'll get brought back down to reality probably in two weeks. <laughs> uh, the Denver Broncos are at home. Two and a half point favorites. Taking on. Playing Yoga 2.0. Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. I hate the Titans. 
Me too. The problem is... You know why I hate the Titans? It's for games like this. Yeah. Because... They should win this game. Yeah. It really shouldn't even be close. Yeah. Joe Flacco still the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Now they figured it out to start handing the ball to Philip Lindsay That's, a, a lot more and, and what and throw it to him all the time. Yeah, and Cortland Sutton. Hey, revolutionary! Use your best offensive weapons. Yeah. Who would have thought? But that's why I hate the Titans because it's like okay, Denver. You get you get Joe Flacco. You know what I mean? You you lost Bradley Chubb. You finally got a sack, but you lost Bradley Chubb. What the hell is going to happen in this game? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Because the Denver Broncos won last week, they're going to falter to the even worse Tennessee Titans this week because it's the ultimate letdown. See, I wanted to just take Tennessee off the hop, but you know the hate I have for them and playing Yogurt 2.0, so it's hard for me to just take this team. I guess I'm going to do it. I'm going to close my eyes as I do it. I'm taking them with you, buddy. Pull us once. Shame on us. We're both good. Or Drinker probably going to be wrong. This is going to cause pain. (laughs) Um, The LA Chargers are at home. Talking about pain. Seven and a half point favorites. Imposters. Taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to take the points so bad. I just don't know if Mason Rudolph is going to play. Because if he didn't basically die in the last game, with the way the Chargers have been and the way that the Chargers are hurt, <sighs> give me the points. It, I I can't see this game being a t- like a, a more than a touchdown game. Just the, they're too bad. They're just the the Chargers are who we thought they are. Exactly, imposters. They're an imposter. There is no way they should be seven and a half point favorites, and they are. So give me. It's the only big... because Merrill Merrill Hodges' kid. What was actually the Hodges' first kid? Devlin Hodges. Devlin Hodges. Yeah. Merrill Hodges, who was a running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. back in the day, it's his kid, yeah. undrafted free agent. Duck, they call him. Duck. Duck. Is mm. a duck hunter. Fun fact, he's a duck hunter. Fun. There you go. <laughs> Give me the Steelers to win and cover this game. Yep. Done. Because they're playing the imposters. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. That's the, is this two weeks in a row now that you've taken the Steelers? One. I know you've taken them twice this year. Hold on. Because you took them another time. Hold on. I took them last week because I was like, there's no way they're that bad. And I took them the week before. I've taken them every – I've taken them three weeks in a row. What happened those three weeks, Ange? Covered. Covered. And – Going You're to hoping. <laughs> Three covers in a row. <laughs> Hopefully a win. At least get me a win. Okay, don't make I watch the games. They're losing games. Like they're losing games, but they're not being blown up. Minus the Patriots game, they haven't been blown out. They're in every fucking game. That's what bothers me, Steven. <laughs> That's what bothers me. You know what grinds my gears? That. Yeah, I can imagine. The, the Green Bay Packers, four and a half point favorites at home, taking on the Detroit Lions. Ooh, and everyone's all excited about Detroit and Matt Stafford. What's going on there? Four and a half points isn't a lot. Mm-mm. And I mean, it's a division game. The Lions have been good. 
But Aaron Rodgers. I have a thing about picking against Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of hard to do. In fact, even all of last season, the only time Aaron, he picked against Aaron Rodgers when he was on, not on the field. Facts. It's the only time. He's actually picked Green Bay every every week we've been doing this pick segment. And once again, I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. Oh, me too. Because you want to know how the Detroit Lions get back brought, brought back to the reality? But No, no. It's going to be... And the reason I'm not taking the points either... I'm not saying there's going to be another Hail Mary because they've already had two happen to them. So you're taking Green Bay? Yeah. Well, I'm taking points. Green Bay. Because they're four and a half points. Something's going to happen, though, that's going to crush. Like, absolutely. Because it happens to the Lions every year. And it's usually Aaron Rodgers that doesn't. It will be Aaron Rodgers that'll do it. It'll probably be in the third quarter where he's, like, in the pocket, gets away from the tackle, throws it down the field to some unknown player we will never hear of again. Probably named, I don't know, Michael Hodges. Who knows? Michael Hodges. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, give me Packers. They're going to win this and bring the Detroit Lions back to reality. And that's it for this episode of the last word podcast i'm steve artabello hi i'm angela lippa hope you enjoyed it like it comment you know five stars that's cool we're down for that and we'll be back next week yeah with some more fun mm-hmm. see everybody take care uh, yeah, I was broke as fuck Down on pull my ass, had the lowest luck Used to ride the bike up to the store I need a rover truck, a Billy Coop Yeah, I'm wearing Prada, I like Fendi too Grandma passed, had a heart attack Only 62, my cousin shot Got me paranoid, who the trust or not Gave my brother 25 years That really sucked a lot Post-traumatic, stress is building up You niggas so dramatic, fuck these other niggas yeah. I'm the illest, I'm uh, the coldest yeah. Take you niggas back to a much simpler time. Uh-huh. Picture yourself inside a